This is Solidarity News on Radio Labour. This is a Radio Labour World Report recorded on Friday, October 7th, 2022. I'm Mark Boulanger. In the report this week, the world's aviation workers and the chaos in the industry. The effect of digitalization on women in Asia. The Labour Start report about union events and singing. A woman's place is in her union. We organize and stand for equal rights. This is Radio Labour. Every three years, the International Civil Aviation Organization, the ICAO, needs to help set policy for the world's airlines and related industries. It held its 41st convention in Montreal, September 27th to October 7th, 2022. At the convention, labor was represented by the International Transport Workers Federation, the ITF, which has 20 million members in 677 unions around the world, called for a new deal for aviation. In its calling for a new deal, it said that the aviation industry is lurching between crisis and chaos. I talked to Gabriel Moco Rodriguez about this. Mr. Moco Rodriguez is the ITF Civil Aviation Secretary. I asked him to describe what is happening in the aviation and related industries. What we are witnessing in some of the world's largest uh, markets is a result of 40 years of changes to this industry that have made it very fragile. When COVID hit, Uh, the industry immediately looked to cut costs and preserve cash. Government stepped in and gave money to airlines mostly. Um, But in the last 40 years, airlines have outsourced many of their services. So you now have a very complex web of service providers that get planes into the air and land themselves safely. But these service providers were largely left out of uh, support packages. So airport operators, ground handling providers, caterers, cleaning services, all, all these were mostly left out. And as we come out of, uh, as we come out of uh, COVID and demand has suddenly ramped up, the industry has been unable to put back the infrastructure needed to fulfill all these uh, demands. So what we are seeing is the chaos of cancelled flights, delays, lost baggage, etc., And that's happening not only because of airlines, but because of the service providers that both didn't receive support during the pandemic and have operated on either increasing margins uh, in the years uh, leading up to it. This industry lost a third of its workforce globally during COVID, and the absence of these workers is now a big challenge because it's hard to bring them back. The ITF has uh, a framework for building an economically, socially, and environmentally sustainable aviation industry. What are some of the elements of this framework? Well, we've been discussing this uh, uh, last month in our global conference, um, and uh, our affiliates supported our framework that sits across four pillars, regulation, health and safety, sustainability, and digitalization. So at the heart of the framework is a call for governments and regulatory institutions to take a more active role across the whole of the industry. They must do this by convening 
all stakeholders from across the industry, including airlines, airports, service providers, and not just employers, but workers' representatives too, so that there is a holistic assessment of the needs of, of our industry. So the way in which governments rescued the industry during COVID-19 shows that it is of critical importance to national interests, and so there must be a recognition of the public good role that aviation plays. And so it cannot be left entirely to the instincts of the market, but also must have a plan and sustainable funding model. We need this kind of coordination to occur at all levels and across multiple issues. So at airport level, at regional level, at national level, globally, we also need it to be convening on issues like health and safety, the pathway to sustainability, the development and, and rollout of new technologies. There must be a stronger regulation on issues like uh, labor standards and international agreements so that countries and aviation players can undercut the standards in each other's markets. But also stronger regulation on fatigue, on mental health, on training pipelines. This is basically our, our framework for building a sustainable aviation industry. You can find more information about the ITF's call for a new deal for aviation on the Global Union's website at itfglobal.org. As workers around the world were marking the World Day for Decent Work, a special conference was held in Bangkok to discuss the effects of digitalization on women workers in Asia. The conference was organized by the Asia-Pacific Forum on Women, Law and Development. I talked to one of the participants attending the conference and asked her to introduce herself. I am Camille Deligente, or CAMS, from the Philippines. Uh, our organization is the Center for Trade Union and Human Rights. It's a labor rights NGO uh, that does documentation of violations against trade unions and workers. In the Philippines. It has been predicted that mm-hmm. digitalization will result in income and job loss. How would this affect women in Asian nations? In Asian nations, there is a greater disparity uh, in the participation of women in the labor force as there are more stereotypes with the roles of women like uh, taking care of their children, doing uh, housework, less women get to participate in uh, the labor force. So this translates that through digitalization, even if it likes provide more jobs generally, it's not necessarily catering to women because women in Asia are still like tied to the gender stereotypes that they are in. And there is still lacking of opportunities for them to go beyond that stereotype because there's uh, no services like to provide for uh, child care. I'm Shrija. I work with IT for Change, a digital rights and social justice nonprofit based in Bangalore, India. We work on various issues associated with the digital space, including data governance, big tech accountability across supply chains, and digital infrastructures. Ms. Sen, you are attending a conference on women, labor rights, and digitalization. The concept note for the conference says that the digitalization of work is not gender neutral. What does that mean? 
And, and what are some of the consequences of this? At the outset, it must be said that the idea of work within the patriarchal capitalist system is already gendered. This is not new, and this is a structural issue. There has always been a sexual division of labor. That means jobs that are considered appropriate for men and jobs that are relegated to the domain of women, within quotes, I must say. So, for instance, women are automatically considered to be better at household work and care work. Now, if you look more at the side of paid work, this trend continues. If we take examples from a factory floor, the men are usually asked to run machinery, whereas women are often uh, given the cleaning jobs. So this is something that has translated into the digital space as well. As such, digitalization of work that includes platform work as well as work from more traditional sectors with more and more digital interventions, I must say, So digitalization of work also replicates these gendered expectations from workers. For example, within platform work, low-skill jobs like data entry, image tagging, or sentiment analysis, considered too difficult sometimes for a computer, becomes relegated to micro-work, which is then largely done by women. Here with his report about union events is Labor Start correspondent Derek Blackadder. This week, our top stories section includes links to coverage of the ways in which the World Day for Decent Work is being honored around the world. We also carried news of the further erosion of media freedoms in Hong Kong, how and why women banana plantation workers in Cameroon and Ghana are organizing, and a move towards collective bargaining for self-employed workers in Europe. And this week, our volunteers continued to track the global wave of strikes and other forms of protest as trade unions push for wage increases that at least match the rate of inflation. For our Working Women page, our volunteers found news items about ILO Convention 190 workshops for Palestinian women workers, one Canadian union's efforts to ensure that all of its activities and events are safe for all members, but especially for women, and a report from the Irish Congress of Trade Unions Women's Conference. A small sample of the stories appearing on our health and safety page in Newswire this week includes coverage of the ongoing harassment of media workers in Afghanistan, the suspensions given Amazon workers in the United States after they occupied company offices to protest safety violations after a warehouse fire, and how public transport unions in New Zealand are reacting to an increase in attacks on bus drivers. Our current photo of the week is of trade unionists from across Africa at a meeting in Tunis where they put forward their demand for the inclusion of labor rights in the agreement that will create the African continental free trade area. Labor Start hosts online solidarity actions at the requests of unions around the world. This week we'd like to highlight an urgent appeal for online solidarity with trade union activists in Canada, where 28,000 actors have been locked out by their employer after they refuse to swallow huge wage and benefit cuts. If you can spare just a few seconds, you can do your part in this struggle by sending a solidarity message. Look for details of this and other campaigns on our site. This is Derek Blackadder from Labor Start, reporting for Radio Labor. 
Union's place is in her union. We organize and stand for equal rights, hardships, and discrimination. Ongoing battles we continue to fight. Dedicated to get the job done. Thank you for listening. And remember, it's all about global solidarity. 